If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. We are now in uh, Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. Uh, I'm excited to be in this, this passage of Scripture tonight because we're talking about authority. Come on, Americans, don't we love to talk about authority? Yeah. But this is important because all authority comes from who? God. Even, even our own sacred documents declare that we are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. Don't forget, as you're out there saying, that's my right, that's my right, don't forget who gave you the rights. Okay? All right? The rights are gifts from God. All right? Okay, look at this. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Should I read that again just so you can just love that verse? Let every soul be subject. Does that include your soul? All right. Be, to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now check this out. Go to Luke chapter 20 for a moment. Luke. 2020, and we're going to read through 25, Mr. Alex, just to let you know what's ahead. I didn't give you any of the scriptures beforehand tonight, so we're going on the fly together. Everybody say, God bless Alex, and God bless Josh. Luke 2020, so they watched him, that is the Pharisees watched Jesus, and sent spies who pretended to be righteous that they might seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. Then they asked him, saying, Teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly. I have a feeling that these religious guys had British accents. <laughs> and you do not show personal favoritism, but teach the way of God and truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a denarius or a coin, a piece of money. Whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And then the next verse says, they said, shucks, he got us again. There's no catching this man in his words because Jesus didn't have any problem with authority. John chapter 19, let's go there for a moment. I'm going to see another example of Jesus and authority. Verse 10, John 19, 10. Then Pilate said to him, are you not... Speaking to me, do because he asked him a question and Jesus didn't answer. Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power or authority to crucify you and authority or power to release you? Jesus answered, you could have no authority or power at all. It's the word exousia, which means authoritative power, at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Pilate, I'm just here to remind you the reason you have authority is because there's a God. Okay. Amen. All right. But he also recognized that Pilate had authority, didn't he? Okay. Let's go to Acts 23. 
Acts 23. Come on, tell me you love me tonight. All right. We'll find out. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Jesus said, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Acts, what am I? I'm just making up words here. Acts 23, verse 1. Acts 23, 1. Then Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Verse 2. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, (laughs) I love this. God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. For you set to judge me according to the law, and and, and do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? Verse 4. And those who stood by said, do you revile God's high priest? Then Paul said, of course I do. He's an idiot. No, he didn't say that. He said, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Whoa. Whoa. Now, let's just admit it right here and now. The high priest was not acting right. He was not acting right. But that gave Paul... No position, according to him, to speak against him. We've got to get this, folks. We've got to get this in our hearts. Get it settled in our hearts that we don't have a problem with authority. Because you have a problem with authority, you have a problem with God. And you're going to have to get over yourself. Huh? Because there really is coming a day when we're going to stand before the one who has all the authority and we're going to give an account for our lives. And it might be fun and games right now, living for ourselves, but there is a day coming when there we will speak to the one who gave us life. Hmm? Let's, let's let it be a joyful event. <laughs> but we've got to get this settled in our hearts. Even the Apostle Paul, hey, don't forget, go to Galatians 2 for a moment. Go to Galatians 2. Um, Alex, I think we might want to start in verse 11. I'm sorry I don't have this in my notes. I'm just remembered this. And now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, about the truth of the gospel, don't forget that, okay? I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? In other words, why are you being a hypocrite in front of everybody? We who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by what? Faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Who's he talking to? Peter. Paul speaking to Peter. In front of a bunch of people. Verse 19. 
For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. This is so good. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The last verse, I do not set aside or I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes to the law, then Christ died in vain. Don't forget, Paul is standing toe-to-toe, face-to-face, face-to-face, nose-to-nose with the apostle Peter. Peter, who had authority to be who he was, who walked on water himself, whose shadow healed people as it crossed over the sick, just his shadow going over them, people were healed off of their sick beds. People who, Peter, who spoke to two deceivers by the name of Ananias and Sapphira, and they both dropped dead at his presence. Wow, this guy's walking around with some serious authority and Paul takes it upon himself to stand face to face with him. Why? Because Peter apparently is not Paul's authority. He is his contemporary. And in this same chapter, Paul says that the very same apostleship for the circumcision that was working in Peter was just as effective in me for the uncircumcised. Just as much as he is an apostle to the Jews, so am I an apostle to the Gentiles. He said, these guys that seem to be pillars, Peter, James, and John, they didn't add anything to me. Now, I have no place in my life would I ever say that, right? If I walk into a room and Peter, James, and John are sitting in the room, I'm going to say, add to me. Please help me. I'm not going to withstand guys like this to the face. you got to know who you are if you're going to do stuff like that, right? I mean, you got to just know where you stand in authority mm-hmm. and when you can and when you can't. But he wouldn't revile the high priest. Because as a Jew, this man had authority over him. Interesting. Okay, let's, let's go back to... Um, Romans chapter 13. That's, that's what we're supposed to be reading tonight. Everybody okay? Yeah. Now, you know, we, as Americans, and, and because this is a uh, democratic um, system, that we vote in our governing authorities, right? And if we don't like what they're doing, we can just vote them out. We just saw a huge change happen, right? Huge change happen because people just said, no, we don't like the way it's going. We're just going to vote you out. So there was a big turnover in the Senate. It happened because we as Americans, uh, we live under a system where the government is of the people, by the people, and for the people, right? But we certainly respect the office that's there, and we respect our civil authorities, right, like our judges, uh, yeah. We need to respect our judges and our, and, and our police officers, those who are public servants, yet they have a position there that we, are, that we need to respect so that we can all be good law-abiding citizens. Can I get a good amen? amen. I'm not saying they're all going to do the right thing, right? I mean, if we live long enough to know the President of the United States is not always going to do the right thing, that, that the police officers are not always going to do the right thing. Amen. Hmm? we got enough news telling us that, right? But the position is important that we give respect to that. Because if a police officer, uh, he does have the authority, what tells us he has the authority? The badge. 
What tells us he has the power to back up that authority? The gun on the hip. This is the exousia and the dunamis. All right? But in this country, it's kind of interesting. We really are the, we're the real governing authority because we vote them in and out, and we expect them to uphold the Constitution of the United States and to properly represent the people. But uh, so much of what we see in the Scriptures, when it talks about praying for kings and things like that, that, you know, Obama is not our king. He's our president, all right? So we're, we don't live under a monarchy. This is, this is, this is such a great country, <laughs> right? Okay. We've got to keep things in perspective as they really are. Yeah. Amen. But the right to govern is the right given by God himself. Verse 2, therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God. This is what I was saying. You fight authority, you fight God. You're ultimately fighting him. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror. Watch. Rulers are not a... It's talking about civil authorities, okay? Uh, this would be in our... You know, for us, it would be like cops and, uh, and uh, soldiers. That are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you'll have praise from the same. For he is God's minister... Whoa... He is God's minister to you for good. I'm grateful for those who are out there laying their lives on the line, knowing that, that they are laying their lives on the line. Yeah. You know? Amen. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. Well, so much for not believing in capital punishment, because that sword is not talking about giving you a close shave and a haircut. It's talking about lopping off your head. Still love me? I don't know. You still out there? Okay. That's what it's talking about. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Verse 5, therefore you must be subject not only because of wrath but also for conscience sake. So what he's saying is don't, don't just do right. Don't just follow the law because you're afraid of the consequence. I mean, that's one way to look at it. But how about just because it's the right thing to do for your own conscience sake? All right, verse 6, for because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Watch this. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. We are all in debt. That's what he's saying. We are all in debt to each other to love one another. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying. Look at this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, what are the two big ones? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor yourself. Paul said, it's actually all in this one. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's all fulfilled in that. Because you cannot love, you cannot love God and not love people. 
So the fact that you love one another is proof that you love God. That's what he's saying. You fulfill all the law in that. Okay? Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So in other words, what he's saying is if, you, if, if you'll just love people, if you'll just love others, you'll never be in danger of breaking the law. People that break the law, most, pretty, well, almost every time it's for a selfish reason. If we really think about why we break laws, it's not thinking of others in the process. Unless you're trying to get your wife to the hospital to hurry up and have the baby, you might break the speed limit. Yeah, you know, but... You won't even have to uh, think about whether you're, whether you're breaking or not breaking the law because love fulfills it. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. And just, just go about loving people. That's a pretty simple way to look at it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's simply practiced, but it's, it's simple truth, right? And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time, everybody say high time, high time. to awake out of sleep. I don't think it's insignificant, Jose, that you called me before service tonight and told me about what you told me. So I'd like you to come up for just a moment, if you don't mind. Just on this thought, I want to read this, this verse of Scripture, and I felt like it was the Lord that Jose called me before service tonight. I want to read verse 11 and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. It's real. Um, first of all, for those who don't know me, my name is Jose Ariza. I've been sitting over there with my wife, Michelle Ariza, for almost a year. And I'm being patiently praying and waiting for God to do something in my life that completely transforms, change, and bring me closer to him. And um, it's real bad and good in the same way when you are in a position that God says it's enough. So he brings circumstances in your life that you wake up and you realize who I am. It's like the prodigal son. He actually, when he asked his dad for all his possessions, he actually was asking his dad to be dead. Die and give me what I deserve. So when he went away and a famine came to the city, he lost everything. He got into a position that he wishes to be eating out of the pigs. I'm sorry, it's my Puerto Rican translation to English. I know it's another translation. So you guys are going to have to take mine for tonight. So his wishes, he was eating out of the pigs. But the Bible teaches that he became on his own sense and realized what he left and what he got on his father's house. And sometimes... Things happen for a reason that we don't understand. We probably lose a wife, lose a job, lose the things that we think we value the most. But what is real important in our life is God. Yeah. Amen. And he brings us to our senses 
to realize I am nothing without you. You are the only thing that can keep me from falling apart. And I've been through four days of emotional roller coasters up and down, and you probably can hear my voice, but it's been the greatest experience a person can have his own life is going back and saying, Lord, I'm humbling myself because I know that I had done wrong. I had done wrong to myself. I had done wrong to my family that are sitting over there. And I had done wrong to the people that love me most. And that's why I wanted to ask, uh, I asked the pastor for this opportunity to express myself because this, confessing this in front of you guys, it gives, it, it gave me, it gives you guys a reason to pray for me and it gives me a reason to open up my heart and receive the healing that I need to be received from God. And I thank you, Pastor, because I was a minister for 15 years, and I preached the word, but I didn't know what was grace all about. And I find grace in this church through you and through the compassionate people that have surrounded me. Thank you, Pastor. He said that on, on the way here, and God bless you, Jose. It's awesome. So on the way here, he said, I've, I've, like, I've, I've had an awakening in my life. And I, and I thought, wow, now it's high time to wake out of sleep. And, um, you know, whatever that, that might mean to you tonight, all of us, can we just admit it, all of us, are a little bit asleep in some way or other, uh-huh. you know? And, and, and the time that we're living in is a time that we now need to be more aware of what's going on yeah. and, and more aware of his presence in our lives and more aware of who we are in this earth and, and the significance yeah. and the meaning of that in the earth more than ever before. The book of Hebrews says, as you see that day approaching, stir each other more and more into good works. Gather together and stir all the more as you see that day approaching because, uh, because as the pressure's getting on. I mean, if you felt it, huh? The pressure's coming on. I had a conversation with some guy uh, some time ago, and he, was, he told me, he said, I, I, he said man, I, I, the American church is dying. I said, man, it's about time. It needs to die, bro. The American church, we need God's church to come yeah. up, all right? Yeah. The American church needs to go away, yeah. all right? We need a church that's alive, that is thriving, yeah. that is not just yeah. coming in and going out and just going through these motions and, and, and just being good little safe Christians in the earth. Come on, it's high time. Now our salvation is even nearer. This, uh, there's a world out there that is falling apart that is broken, and that it needs people to be lights in the earth. It needs us to reveal His glory in the earth. And, and, this, and, and one of the ways that we show that is how we show honor to the governing authorities in our lives. I, I, what, I mean, 
not only just the civil government, but our parents, our, 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 our church leaders. And I'm, I'm not saying that I, you guys have a problem with me. You understand what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm just saying this is how God set it up. And with those that are in authority of our lives that we show respect and honor, that speaks so much in this world and especially in this country when there's so much defiance toward authority. It's just ridiculous. It doesn't get anything accomplished, right? It's caused chaos in the earth. And, 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 and we've got to wake up as the church and realize more and more who we are in this earth. You are the most powerful, most powerful thing on this earth. Hmm? But we're a little bit asleep. You remember what happened in Pearl Harbor? You remember what happened? Remember what, what the emperor said after he bombed? He said, I have a feeling we have just awakened a sleeping giant. And boy, did they. Hmm? But the pressure that's coming on the church right now, the church thrives best under persecution. That's when she shines. Don't let this stuff get you down that's going on in the earth. Don't expect these worldly leaders to be moral. I mean, are we, can we just stop acting surprised about all the nonsense that's going on and realize this is, this is the broken system of this world? Instead of sitting around going, I can't believe that happened. Do something about it. <laughs> Amen. Tell me you love me. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, verse 12, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us put on the armor of light. I love that. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. These are all results of walking in darkness. These are all fruits of darkness, fruits of blindness, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, where is the Lord Jesus Christ? What was the mystery that we've talked about that was hidden through the ages that Paul revealed to us? It's Christ in you. But this says to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, to put on that which is in you. That is, live out this experience that has happened on the inside of you. Live it out. Walk it out. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. I love that. Galatians 3 says this, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See, that's what I'm saying. It was more than just, just a symbolic moment for you when you were water baptized. You were, you were saying goodbye. You were burying the old man and coming up into newness of life. And putting on Christ, and that is you have decided from that day forward, my whole life is, belongs to him. I'm walking in this new life. I'm no longer governed by the carnal mind. I'm no, no longer governed by the old nature. That's dead and gone. Now I am in him, and I put him on and live out this experience in the earth. Because as he is, so am I in this world. I want to finish with this last verse of Scripture. Listen to this, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9 says this, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. When did you do that? When you were water baptized. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, that guy, slave nor free, 
but Christ is all and in all. Do you see that? But Christ is all and in all. Say that. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. See this? There's things we need to keep putting on. Put on Christ. Put this stuff up. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But of all these things, put on love. You're putting me on. Put on love. Put on Christ. Put on tender mercies. Put on, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Look at, look at the purpose of this, for putting these things on. It's to show love for one another. And so that we can function correctly as his body in the earth and yeah. in the church. Put on, put on. So this means we have to make a conscious decision, doesn't it? We have to make the choice. Today, I choose to walk in love. Today, I choose to walk in tender mercies. Today, I choose to live as he is in this world. Yeah. Amen. I choose to do that. And that happens when we open up our mouths and we guide our lives with our mouths. The Apostle James says, just like that rudder turns that big ship, so your tongue turns your entire life. All right? If you don't like where you're going, tell yourself where to go. <laughs> Amen. Father, thank you for my family tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for your, the authority that's in your word. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.